Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. the white witch podcast with me carly hope you are all well witches on this week's episode we have the wonderful law of attraction expert emma mumford talking to us all about money manifesting we have some money and abundance spell work you might wish to try out but to kick things off today we have our book review today's book is another witchy fiction book what can i say I am so sorry, but I haven't had any witchy nonfiction. I have been happy to bring on the show. However, I promise to bring more onto the show that's nonfiction for January onwards. Today's book is quite fitting following on from our last podcast episode. This book is called A Witch in Time, written by Constance Sayers, and it is all about past lives. I had made the mistake of reading a few scathing book reviews for this book on Goodreads after purchasing this book, but I must say I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's not up there with like The Witch's Daughter, The Sin Eater, or A History of Witches, but it's also not many miles behind. I loved the flow of this book and how we delved into three lives of the protagonist of our book. It's a surprising story and I think quite well done. We delve into relationships replaying in these past lives as a result of a curse that a particularly novice witch, the main character's mum casts at the beginning of the story. The curse casting scene was particularly scary, if I'm honest, and I quite liked that section. I felt the book was quite well researched in relation to the time periods we find our main character in. My only issue is in slight agreement with someone else on Goodreads. We don't see much of the main character's witchiness. It's just implied. I wish they had delved more into witchcraft within the book, but aside from that, it's creative, it's very different, the theme is very different to many other witch fiction I have found. I must say I loved the first life she lived the most. Each life was fascinating in different ways and it almost felt like reading three books within one. It's quite atmospheric in description. I did find myself in some of the scenes, quite far-fetched at times, but a good and unique book. Would be an excellent plot for a film that I can say. Talking of films, going off on a bit of a tangent, I'm recording this two days before Christmas, so you will probably hear this before New Year's. So on that note, I hope you have had an amazing Yule, Christmas, festive period, whatever you're doing. But in keeping with the season, if you haven't seen it, and I cannot recommend enough this film, the film is The Green Knight, which in the UK is currently on Amazon Prime. I'm not being, this is not like sponsored or anything, I wish. Um, Oh My Days is absolutely epic aesthetically. It's so atmospheric. Honestly, some of the images look like they could be tarot pictures, like for a tarot deck. It's a hugely pagan film. It's witchy and mystical and magical. And I can't stop banging on about it. So I thought I would, you know, I thought you might like it too. So I thought I'd mention it on today's show because I'm obsessed. Anyway, coming back to our book, A Witch in Time, written by Constance Sayers. Really love this book. I couldn't put it down. Would definitely recommend Anyway, without further ado, join me after the break to talk all about money magic. 
Hello and welcome to the White Witch Podcast. I am so excited to introduce on today's episode a guest who actually has been on the show just over two years ago when it very first started. On today's show, we have the wonderful Emma Mumford. She is the UK's leading law of attraction expert. She's also an award-winning life coach and mentor, two times best-selling author, law of attraction YouTuber, podcast host of the popular podcast, Spiritual Queens, Badass Podcast and Speaker. Emma's work helps turn helps women turn their dream life into an abundant reality through the law of attraction and spirituality. I'm going to give you her handles right now because I really want you to go over and follow her work. Her work is amazing. You can find her on www.emmamumford.co.uk and Instagram. I am Emma Mumford. What an intro. Hello, Emma. <laughs> Hi, Carly. It feels so amazing to be back. I can't believe it's been two years. Thank you for having me again. We were just saying, because um, Emma came on one of the very first podcast episodes I ever did, and I'd obviously been following her content for so long. I was so nervous, Emma, when you first came on. <laughs> I just said to you, I was like, we spoke every month for 10 months when we did the mentorship. It's just, I find it funny. <laughs> I, I, You know what? I do as well. I think it's because, um, excuse me. <coughs> still got this tickly cough um I think it's because you know I followed your content for so long and it's just so you know I know we worked together for 10 months we spoke every month and still I think I just really highly regard the work that you do I think it's so amazing and you know I'm going to kind of go into this because um Today we're going to go into money and money has always been an area of shadow work that I've had to really focus on. And I'm certain that many of our listeners might be broaching this within their own new intentions. Now, I really see you as the queen when it comes to money. I've been following your content like mad. So I'm really excited to have you on, but I still do feel a little bit, um, you know, overwhelmed that you're here. So yes, thank you, Emma. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Carla. That's so sweet. Thank you. Um, So Emma, you are such an amazing example of using adversity within your life as an asset. Can you give us a little bit of insight into your story and how you wound up becoming a money queen? Of course. So we're going to go all the way back to 2012 um, when I was in my early 20s and it was a really difficult time for me because I was working as a banking manager in one of the UK's leading banks. And it was a career that I didn't really want to get into. Like I never was sort of like, I want to get into banking. Never. <laughs> it was just opportunity, luck. And I think I was just like, hey, let's give it a go. Let's see what could happen here. So I really enjoyed like my colleagues and things and like interacting with the public and helping people. But it was a really draining job because I obviously had targets to put people in debt. And I hated that. And I hated, you know, like I've always been naturally good at sales. I've always had very sales driven jobs, but that one was probably the worst because you would just see so much pain and adversity and people really struggling. And as much as I want to help them, like I couldn't, I couldn't, if the computer said no, the computer said no. So it was really, really hard. And I think that's what really sort of triggered off my depression and really spiraled my anxiety as well. And at home, I was in the first of two not so very good relationships. And um, my ex was in debt and I offered to take that debt on because I got preferential rates through my job for a loan. Um, so I took it on to help him. And literally straight after I did that, the relationship broke down. He left and he didn't pay a single, single penny of it. Um, so it was really, really hard because... It, I was, you know, I was 20, 21 at the time. And obviously being faced with that amount of debt was really scary because um, actually I was a bit younger. I was 19 at this point. So it was really scary because obviously I had, a, you know, I had this amazing job, but I couldn't go to the job because the anxiety and depression was so overpowering at that point. You know, I couldn't even leave the house some days. Like, you know, there were times where I just wouldn't leave the house because it was easier. So I decided to leave that job because I just couldn't, I couldn't go to it. And I think having that job mixed with the, the pressure of that loan as well, just only amplified it because I was surrounded by money. I was in my own debt and I really didn't know what I was going to do. So I left that job and went part-time in retail 
And after walking away from that relationship, obviously I had £7,000 to clear, uh, you know, 19, 20 years old. So it was obviously a lot of pressure to put on me at that point. I was like, how have I got myself here? You know, I've tried to help somebody and, you know, it's all kind of backfired and it's my legal responsibility now and he's not going to pay a penny. So I found extreme couponing one day and this is a TLC show. It's called extreme couponing um, and it's massive over in America. And I looked, you know, I watched it and I thought, wow, like this is, this is some of me, like, this is really good. Like if these people can save thousands of pounds or thousands of dollars worth of pounds, you know, like on food, et cetera, I can do this too. Like maybe this is the way that can help me, you know, get out of debt. So I did extreme couponing and I very quickly became a real big passion of mine. Um, and within a few months I had like a whole stockpile in my spare room and things. And my friends and family were like, Emma, why don't you share this with people? Like, you're clearly very good at this. You know where to find it. There's not anything out there like this in the UK of where to find these sorts of things. So why don't you help people? So after a lot of bullying from my friends, or not bullying, but, but <laughs> um, them saying, come on, share it. Um, I started up a Facebook page called Extreme Couponing and Deals UK back in 2012. And um, it was, yeah, like it was really strange putting myself out there. And I was like, you know, who am I to do this? Like there's Martin Lewis, there's other, you know, amazing money experts out there. Like who's going to listen to Emma? <laughs> um, and within six months, that page had absolutely just snowballed where it had like half a million followers in the UK. Like the press got on board this morning or calling me up, asking me to do a regular slot with Holly and Phil, like sharing coupons and Black Friday deals, etc. And it was all just a bit of like a pinch me moment where I was like, whoa. So um, for a whole year, I didn't actually earn a single penny from that business. I just did it through passion, did it to help people because I really wanted, you know, other people who were struggling like me to feel supported and have those resources and tools um, and then a year later um, a very kind man came to me and said you realize like you could be earning money from this and I was like really like what are you on about so he very kindly showed me um, and it was all legitimate things through affiliate marketing and within a week I was earning the most money that I'd ever earned in my life through a job so I was able to leave my retail job which was amazing and I was able to clear my debt that I had and you know financially support myself have a really amazing career and I ran that business for six years but fast forward to 2016 now um, is when I had my spiritual awakening so this was at the end of my second not very nice relationship which was emotionally abusive and it just was not it was not a healthy relationship at all and I was in a really bad place so through Throughout all of this time, I've had my anxiety and depression in the background still. It never, it never went despite going to counseling, CBT, medication. It just was not getting better. Yeah. And at the end of that relationship, I really was just at a point where I was like, I'm either going to have to end my life or, or change something because I'm just not happy. And I was in the deepest depths of depression I ever had been in. Um, and, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to take my own life. So I knew that I had to change it. And, you know, I remember just looking out of the window at 2 a.m. and thinking, universe, just help me. God, help me. And, you know, those words to come out of my mouth was really strange because I wasn't religious. I hadn't been for a very long time. And I think it was just at that moment, my soul was like, come on, you remember, let's do this. Like, you know, mm -hmm. stop being in the ego, stop living in this, you know, in this way. So three days later, the law of attraction found me. And again, it was a bit like couponing. It was like that saving grace that just really found me at a time where I really needed it. And it helped me and changed my life. And again, at that point, obviously I had my couponing brand. I had my coupon queen brand. So I started to, I was doing like YouTube and blogging, et cetera. So I started to just incorporate the law of attraction into that a little bit. And I thought, oh God, people are going to think I'm nuts. They're going to be like, first she's talking about money saving. Now she's talking about manifesting. What is she on about? She's lost the plot. But luckily everybody was really supportive and was like, yeah, I love law of attraction. Or this is really interesting. Thank you. So it was just amazing that I was able to bring both to the table. And, you know, over a period of time, I started to transition, sorry, transition what I was doing more into like you know my stuff and me and like the law of attraction and spirituality as my sort of knowledge and awareness grew and then I thought you know what like this business is incredible what I have my couponing business but it's outgrown me it needs a team of people to really help it flourish 
and I have outgrown it as well. Like I'm always going to save money. I'm always going to love a discount or a freebie. Don't get me wrong. But <laughs> for me, it was really like, I need to let this go now to, for it to flourish with a new team of people, but for me to also follow my purpose and my passions as well. So that's when I started in 2017, my spiritual queen brand and what you see today. Um, so yeah, sorry, Carly, that's a bit long-winded, but that's- No, I love it. And I, I feel like it's, you know, always that like gold, that's transmuted from you know such a wound does that make sense like I love stories like these because it always seems to be that that ends up being where we do the work on ourselves, and then what we put out into the world and it's you know and it's obviously been so well received you know I love this story so much and you know I can relate in um a few ways because again like I was really fortunate with like family and friends but a lot of my core wounds, like shadow work that I've had to work on has been at the hands of romantic relationships or, you know, and, and like kind of linked to that money. And I guess for me, I kind of see it all as being at that time, like around worth and I don't know, so many different facets to it, but no, I love the story and it's fascinating, very inspiring. Um, I, absolutely love both your books and that's kind of how I found you you know all that time ago like just over two years ago I will link them in the show notes and it actually kind of had a bit of an influence in the way that I wrote my book because you kind of go into the story and you sort of outline you know well you don't you you actually do outline like how you healed that as you went along on your journey I adore the Positively Wealthy book and journal, and I've been using this a lot across the course of this year and kind of been reviewing it recently. And I am so aware of how it started to change my relationship with so many areas of abundance. And I'm not just talking financially. Um, I had a look through different bits that I put in like earlier on in the year, and I've literally been there today, like, you know, like, oh, I need to tell Emma, like, tick that off, tick that off, tick that off, tick that off. Um, it's really powerful stuff. I particularly love the uh, crystal money and the wealth bowl pages that you've got in there, like the idea of using this upon your altar or in your sacred space. Now, I know we're going to kind of go into more of the woo-woo stuff, but, like, soon. But one thing I'm really keen to ask you, and this is perhaps from more of like a selfish perspective, but I know lots of listeners are going to be stuck on this and kind of hearing about your journey. I would really like to ask like what you come across the most in terms of mindset or limiting beliefs around manifesting and law attraction from the work that you do. And can you give us any insight into, you know, what you suggest when you do come across this? Mm. Yeah. And it's really hard to say like, well, I think there is definitely the most common one, which I will go through definitely. Um, but obviously everybody has their own unique limiting beliefs and fears. Obviously there are a lot of collective core beliefs that we experience and are so, so common um, that I see time and time again, but really, you know, even if what I'm saying doesn't resonate, that doesn't mean that, you know, you don't have it or whatever, like, you know, you need to trust yourself and you need to trust what is coming up for you because there are so many different paths and avenues that inner child work can go down limiting beliefs and fears. So how I sort of really got into this work was when I kind of got into my manifesting journey and like manifesting my desires, the biggest sort of manifestations, very similar to Carly, weren't happening. And I was like, what's going on here? Like, you know, I'm the manifesting queen. I can manifest tons of stuff, but you know, the big things are, you know, really difficult. Like, why is this happening? And it's because, you know, the secret and all these fantastic books for like beginners of introductions to law of attraction are great, but those were written, you know, like 16 years ago and energy has changed since then. The way we work has changed the way we process things. And, you know, I just don't feel it. It was, um, sort of in depth enough, um, to cover like the real process of, you know, the law of attraction and manifestation journey. So that's why I've written five steps um, to the law of attraction in my books and in my work, because I feel it's easier to digest for people. And I think it's easier to understand as well, instead of just three kind of vague steps that leave people very often confused like myself. Um, so when we're looking at like limiting beliefs and fears, it's really looking at the resistance between you and your desire. So it's looking at what stands in between you and your desire and what energetically that is blocking essentially so 
absolutely these limiting beliefs and fears and even trauma can cause blockages it can cause resistance and yeah. when we're talking about manifestation you know it's us becoming that energetic frequency match to our desire so if something is you know limiting us or we fear something or it's holding us back you know that is going to stop us from becoming that energetic match and experiencing the reality we want to so it's a really really important step to look at and i put this in my second step believe which is one of the original law of attraction steps but i think it just goes so much deeper than that in terms of yes believe you're worthy and deserving yes believe the universe can serve it but equally as well it's looking at any blockages and resistance within there and clearing the way to abundance clearing your way through to the third fourth and fifth step so the number one thing that i see time and time again and there's actually two which i think can be separate definitely i've seen it separate in clients sometimes and It's really interesting as I have worked with thousands of people over the years in group settings and one-to-one settings. And obviously I've done my own inner work as well. And of course I absolutely come into these categories as well. And the more conversations I have with peers, the more conversations I have with people who also do things like this, I'm like, wow, this really is a collective issue. This is really, really strong, especially amongst women, men and, you know, people who identify as non-binary absolutely can experience this as well. Um, But I do see it primarily with women um, for many, you know, patriarchal and societal reasons. So the number one is worth, self-worth. And absolutely, I see it in pretty much 98% of women, they will have a self-worth wound. And at first I was like, wow, okay, this is coming up again. Wow. Okay. Like I went through this. Wow. And so and so went through this and okay. Yep. Here's another client with it. But I think the reason why so many of us experience this is because we live in a society which conditions us to believe we're not enough. We live in a society that conditions us, um, especially women that, you know, like we've lived under the, the pay gap for so long, you know, we haven't had equal rights until very, very recently in history. And there's been so much suppression. And I'm sure, you know, Carly absolutely talks about this on this <laughs> podcast as well, in terms of, you know, how spiritual women have been persecuted in, in the past throughout history and how, you know, being our magical selves, etc., has absolutely only really been acceptable in this lifetime. Otherwise, we probably would have been um, persecuted or killed for it in previous lifetimes. So if you're a believer of past lives, if you're a believer of obviously like ancestral trauma and bringing all these things into this lifetime, sometimes you'll resonate with this and understand that like this is where this comes from. But let's talk about it from a this life perspective as well, because that's important too. Yes, we can carry it down our lineage. Yes, we can carry it on from past lives, but equally as well, our relationships that we have with money, with our caregivers, with our parents, with whoever up until the age of seven really impacts this lifetime and how we come across and how we act and respond to the world as well. So this is why I'm so passionate about inner child work because it really is so transformational and it really has changed my life around it. It's one of the the biggest tools I have worked in with in my own inner work and how I've seen the best results with with myself and with my clients. So I went and trained in it after I saw these results for myself because I was like, wow, like more people need to know about this. So we all have an inner child within us. They're there for life. They're there with us. Um, And I often see, or I do believe that the inner child is also the ego and inner critic. So that little self-critic in your mind who's saying, you can't do this, you're not enough. Who are you to do this? This is the wounded inner child. And a lot of people bash their ego. A lot of people try to like, I mean, I used to swear at mine, definitely. I was like, oh, I, um, you know, we try to bash it, suppress it, swear at it, hate it, whatever. And we're at war with it most of the time, right? Because we're like, why are these thoughts coming up? This is your inner child trying to communicate with you. That's it. It's just a small child version of yourself who needs love and who needs just that loving motherly love so when we can talk to our ego our inner child our inner critic with compassion when we can talk to it with love and kindness and say you know you are enough i love you it's okay just like you would to a small child you know or your own child your relationship will 100% change. Like try that for 21 days and, you know, you will notice a lot more abundance in your life and a lot more peace within yourself. But 
really when we're looking at inner child's work we're looking at what core beliefs patterns or traumas happen between that zero to seven age now things can absolutely happen after that seven that seven age and normally when i go into this with clients they might say yep it's 14 year old self who's experienced that not enough feeling and then we'll actually dive into it and it actually goes way back to three-year-old self and they'll be like oh i don't really know what happened to three-year-old self so we may or may not remember these things and that's fine is we don't always see things or remember things you might get an inkling but it's more about identifying where that comes from so self-worth is absolutely the biggest one i see feeling not enough comparison imposter syndrome again it all comes into self-worth it all ties in you know all comes through into it emma this is you've triggered such a memory for me here and um it's really interesting you said about because i know you touched on like in the present um i absolutely agree with the inner child work and that's definitely something that i'm addressing but when you said about the ancestral habits because um i think as well that can be really easy to step into some of those beliefs from beliefs from parents grandparents and the like it's really funny because you got me thinking about um my mum and my nan are amazing with money and my mum has literally been told by somebody on the phone like you've probably got the best credit check we've ever seen probably should really <laughs> that on a podcast but you know it's just such an a, a difference to how I have been with money and um you know my mum and my dad are exact opposites my mum literally pretty much had to put him on a leash because he was so bad with finances so we had this like real blend in our household and um you know it's it's really funny um, how much you inherit and I think I had a, a rebellion to my mum's organization and like um frugalness with money and i adopted my dad's <laughs> like caution to the wind just like throw the money everywhere um it's really funny because i i kind of thought back to a memory when we me and my brother were really little and sorry i'm going off on a tangent but it's really interesting because <laughs> it made me think about where you kind of show your um, habits, your behaviors with money from a very young age, even. Um, my brother got some money turn up in his bank account. He must have been about seven or something really young. And um, it was like, a, it was about a hundred quid, something like that. But it definitely wasn't for my brother. It wasn't meant for my brother. We've no idea how it turned up there. Somebody paid it in by accident. And I I just, you got me thinking back. And I, uh, and I literally just said to my brother, just spend it, just spend it. So my brother went on this spending spree, spent this money. <laughs> Obviously, the bank got in touch. To to say you know to my parents like we put this money in this account by mistake and i just thought wow like from that age i've actually had this reckless abandon towards money and you know it was like it was just so it was so like interesting like how that started so young that like rebellion and the beliefs that i've had to work on and i think if we all look back there are so many like kind of you know, I know like moments where we're like, actually that says a lot about how I treat money and how I started my relationship with it and what mm. I need to feel as well. <laughs> it's so true. And I did a money webinar very recently and I, you know, I've done a lot over the years because money is my, my thing, my teaching, but yeah. I was like, no, do you know what? This time I am going to bring in a child work into it because it's so powerful. Like people are going to see that, like people are going to love it. Um, so I brought it in and I said to people, I said, look at your parents' relationship with money, like describe it to me. How is your, you know, your parents' relationship with money? And then I said, and now describe yours. Is it the same? And all of them were like, oh my God, it is. Oh my God, yeah, it's the same as my dad's. Oh my God, it's the same as my mum. <laughs> so it, it's so weird, isn't it? How literally when you think about it, and you know, you could look at, you know, your parents' relationship to love. You could look at your parents' relationship yeah. to self-worth. All of these things. We're like sponges as children. So literally, we are literally absorbing our surroundings up until the age of seven. And, you know, past that age of seven, those are like core beliefs at that point. So that's when you need to do the work to obviously rewire that positively. But it fascinates me all of this because it makes so much sense when you see people living out what happened to their parents or living out, you know, she's just like her mom. She's just like her dad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we actually use that and we're like, well, actually we can positively rewire that and positively change that to a positive. So you can have the relationship you want with money. You can have the relationship with love you want. Uh, you know, the world would be a much happier place if they knew this information. <laughs> Absolutely. That's so, honestly, that's such powerful stuff. And I really think, yeah, the, the inner child work, I always kind of feel like I've, I seem to like liking it now to, you know, 
it's a bit like having a haunted house and you've got this ghost that's there and it's like just can you just acknowledge me i'm just here all the time that you don't acknowledge me i'm just keep throwing things off the mantelpiece and creating havoc and you know it is that work with the inner child just going you know it's okay i've got this i can see you i'm record you know i'm acknowledging Mm. you um and then such power comes out of that but all the while we're just ignoring it throwing things off the mantelpiece and and the like It, it just you know just the chaos continues basically <laughs> um i've been very blessed to spend some time working with emma and i am not kidding you like she can unravel all sorts when it comes to mindset and also what you need to focus on to change it she regularly sorted me out when she was mentoring me of writing my book but we obviously did get into some other areas in regards to you know like um beliefs mindset and so on she's very gifted at her craft I, again, I can't tell you how much, you know, the Positively Wealthy book and the journal have helped me. I think the most powerful thing in this, and I love that you very much make us face our shadow when it comes to where we are financially currently, both on paper and in mindset, rather than simply taking us off into like escapism type manifesting where Mm. you don't have to face your current reality. Because I absolutely think that's where the power is. Mm. (laughs) One question, and I'm sure lots of people are going to come to this at this time of year. Can you give us some advice on how to achieve like financial intentions that you have, like, for you know, that we have rather for 2022 or just going forward, regardless of time? Of course. And, you know, I think it's true, like you say, that what you're, you know, what you're resisting is persisting. And I was definitely someone who was like, I don't want to do the inner work. I'm not going there. Shadow work. Oh, it's negative. Oh, you know, dark energy. Oh, like I had all the judgments, all of the judgments, trust me. And, you know, from going through that, getting in the mud, getting dirty, going through the shadow work, like, yeah, it is hard sometimes. Absolutely. I'd be lying if I said it was a walk in the park. But actually, from that, the abundance that I have and the abundance that comes to me from clearing those blocks. I would do it a million times over. So for anybody who does feel like, oh, you know, you know, if you're feeling that resistance, that's the triggering coming up. That is the inner child being like, don't do it. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. Emma's talking rubbish. Don't do it. And, you know, that's the inner child who's in that fear state who is trying to protect you. But when you realize that all that is, is just your inner child trying to protect you, you can say, well, it's OK. You know, I've got this. I'm here, too. I'm going to guide us. It's all OK. I'm here with you. So the inner child feels like they have to parent you, essentially. So when you switch that relationship around and you show them that it's OK, you show them that it's safe, you show them that you can go into this and that you know, it's a healthy, good thing to do. They are going to be so on board with it as well. So if there's resistance, just remember that is the triggering coming up to show you that there is something to work on, but do it in your own time. There's no rush with anything. And if nothing is coming up, then celebrate that as well. Because I think a lot of people rush to do the inner work they're like inner work inner work it's such a buzzword and hype right now but actually you know if nothing is coming up celebrate that like you don't want to create problems or create inner work (laughs) where there isn't any like celebrate that um so if something does come up great honor it you know process it and work with tools that feel good to you i'm sandra and i'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST if not then celebrate celebrate where you're at 
And, you know, we go through cycles. We're cyclical um, beings that obviously go through these, you know, feminine and masculine energies, winter, summer, all of these different things. We have our outer seasons, but we also have our inner seasons. So just honor wherever you're at. But sorry, Carla, that really wasn't the answer to your question. But no, 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 it absolutely is. It absolutely is. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly taking all of this on board because it's honestly, no, it absolutely is. And it's all giving insight into things that there's so many things I'm taking from this that I'm going to go away and work on and I'm sure everyone else is going to feel the same so no keep going Emma (laughs) (laughs) in terms of what you can do for 2022 um definitely I think you need to I think the the one thing that I see is people feel really overwhelmed and when I look Mm -hmm. at where people are right now um and in my membership I always like tune into the energy for like the year as I create January's content and I'm like right what sort of themes do I think is going to be there what sort of energy what should we kind of be working towards the theme that really came through this year was stepping up and really like stepping into our power and stepping up so realizing you know we have come a long way since you know COVID has come in and obviously lockdowns March 2020 you know we have come a massive long way since that and even before that as well and I think a lot of the time people will do the inner work they'll you know be doing all these things but then they're not kind of like energetically matching this new stage where they're at as such they might be manifesting the same things they were three years ago or things like that so that's one example of stepping up stepping up could mean so many different things to you like stepping up into confidence stepping up in your career stepping up in your relationship it could mean anything so tune into where you feel that stepping up energy could you know positively help you this year but I think the number one thing is right now people don't have time people are feeling overwhelmed burnt out from all the lockdowns COVID we've been in constant adrenal stress over the last two years with fear with all the things that have happened in the world and it's a really you know, Earth's a pretty difficult place to be in right now. There's very dense energy. There's a lot going on. So a lot of people, myself included, are feeling very overwhelmed, feeling tired. They haven't got the time to do things like they used to. And they just want things that are obviously going to save them time and be really easy and digestible as well. So use that as, you know, your kind of energy moving forwards because you want to make sure that things are easy attainable and sustainable you don't want to set massive resolutions or goals or manifestations that you're not going to stick to whether it's habit wise or you know like i'm gonna join the gym or i'm gonna eat a bit healthier or i'm gonna you know cultivate a morning routine you know it needs to be manageable so like do baby steps because when you do baby steps and you take smaller actions but inspired actions towards your desires or habits whatever it is you will notice that you're more likely to stick to that because it's easy. So you can't just upheaval your whole routine and be like, right, from January, I'm going to go to the gym. From January, I'm going to do my spiritual daily practice. From January, I'm going to do this. Like start now, whenever you're listening to this podcast, just start now, make a small change, a small whatever it is now, because in a week's time, when you hit January, you're going to thank yourself for starting a week earlier because you've already (laughs) cultivated that change, that habit. So one, don't wait for new year to implement anything, but secondly, make things really attainable and sustainable for you so that they are going to work long-term and they are going to fit into your daily routine and they're not going to throw you out so that you have this like three weeks of momentum and then by the end of January you're like sod this I'm not doing it now so that's always my kind of go-tos in terms of um how you set up your manifestations but in terms of like financial goals I would definitely say break it down again make it easy break it down so if you're saying you know like I want to manifest six thousand pounds I would say okay right so you want to manifest six thousand pounds when do you need that by so you might say six months and I say okay break that down into goals of one thousand pounds each month don't be like I'm going to manifest six thousand pounds because to some people they might be like that's easy I can absolutely do that but to other people they may be like that's quite a lot of money where's that going to come from like how is that going to come to me so when you break goals down and say right it's only a thousand pounds a month I need to manifest how much easier and lighter and good does that feel like instantly I'm like oh that's so much more attainable and you know easier so when we just break things down and you can do the same with your manifestations and goals too it doesn't just have to be money related when you just break things down into actionable steps and goals of like what can I do this month 
what can I do in the next three months to make this happen or take action towards this? Breaking financial goals down into how much you actually need to manifest a month by what time frame really, really just helps your mind and it takes that pressure off. And it's just something so simple. It's not necessarily anything super magical or super, you know, tools and technique but actually sometimes the simplest things um, create the most relief and help you in, in just seeing things, you know, for what they are and making it easier for you. So I think definitely less is more with manifesting. Um, and I think, you know, when people come across the law of attraction, there's so many videos out there, there's so many tools, so many techniques, and all of them are fantastic, but we all have our own manifesting superpowers. And we know, well, if you don't know what works, you can go out and obviously try these things and see what works for you. But if you do know what works for you, I always think less is more like you don't need to overdo it with manifestation, because remember, it's energy. So when we're throwing everything at something, you, you can imagine it's like a living room, there's, it's going to be very cluttered, very messy the stuff everywhere it's going to stress you out whereas actually maybe just doing one or two things or actually just doing the things that you know feel good to you feel fun feel you know light and energetic you know you're going to have a clear space a clear energy to receive that desire so um yeah i hope that helps carly it does and i'd say the same with with witchcraft to be honest with the craft when it comes to when we're putting out spell work because obviously that's the kind of form of indicating to the universe the gods the you know deities whoever we work with what we want to put out into the universe and again you know sometimes you see these intricate huge big rituals and i'm again a fan like you of you know why make it so huge you know if you've got clarity on it just keep it simple so yes i absolutely agree with that I feel like I'm giving this the, like the big sell, but it's really because like I'm coming back to the journal. I keep waffling on about the journal, but it's because obviously, you know, myself as well, I do a lot of work um, now within, you know, some of the, like some work within the coaching field and so on. And I've always gravitated towards books like this, but I've never seen another journal like Emma's. It's, you know, really powerful because it's like being coached through the entire process. I'm promising you, like Emma hasn't come told me to come on and like keep going, sell my book, sell my book. I'm doing this <laughs> off my own back because I've just been kind of, you know, really like working with this and it takes you across the whole year. So of course, this time of year now, Emma's right, you know, we've got the winter solstice, which is a time of reflection and thinking and setting intentions for, you know, the forthcoming year as the days get brighter. I really feel like, you know, in between like the holiday season and new year and so on, it gives us that downtime that we don't always have come beginning, beginning of January to really like sit in and consider and reflect on what we really want so i think you're so right like if you're going to get started with it use this time now um once you know perhaps like the festivities are over to just have a sit and think about it and and start doing some writing on it mm. um, <laughs> this really keeps you on track this book in my mind like it's fail proof because you keep doing this work via the book you know abundance just flows to you i think you get what you put into it with the book i feel like us witches are, you know, often like the man the original manifestors of old, um, with a lot of the work we do around energy bending and shaping things to our will. We, you know, we've got like the witch's pyramid, which is um, which was, you know, created by Elephus Levy. It was continued to be work on worked on by Alistair Crowley. I watched one of your YouTube videos the other day, and um I absolutely loved the Oh, I've lost you, Carly. Mid, you know, because one of the last um, kind of rules or, you know, things that they state within it is to keep silent. So, you know, to like be really careful, put the blinkers on with your manifestation, you know, only share it with one or two people that, that it's relevant to that will support you because sometimes outside influence can change our you know what we think that we want so i was listening to that and i really think people need to get over and look at your youtube videos on this because i've personally learned a lot from it um 
Now, I wanted to say, like, I definitely think money is often regarded as an icky subject to discuss, especially in like the spiritual realms and people that work within the spiritual realm or want to. I often hear like many spiritual witchy types struggling to manage their worth around money, especially if their work links into it as well. Can you maybe give us, and I know you've given us so many pointers, but perhaps a snapshot into how people can start to shift their feelings around money and worthiness and perhaps like work that they do that's linked to, well, a link to it too. Not money, not linked to money, all work's linked to money, but, you know, perhaps like more of the the spiritual line of things. Mm, Of course. And I think when it comes to self-worth, it's really important to identify the core feeling or belief that it is amplifying. So like, just to give you a pure example, you know, you could think that, well, the self-worth is linked to money, the self-worth is linked to work. But actually when you dive into that through inner child work or other modalities, you could find that the self-worth actually links to maybe like self-worth in love or self-worth in receiving. So definitely it's important to identify where that's coming from and what that's impacting first and foremost, because you can work on the money side of things, but if it's actually in another area of your life, you need to obviously do that to heal that to then obviously not experience that in different areas or you know in the area that it's amplifying so it's really important to identify that first and foremost um in terms of what you can do to shift your relationship it really is looking at it as a relationship just like a romantic relationship you know so many people see money like you say as this icky oh you know it's been used for bad absolutely it has and absolutely you know a lot of things have been used for bad in this world right but it doesn't mean the whole energy of money is bad but actually the more light workers and the more witches and the more you know like spiritual beings or spiritual people who are you know having money and using it for good and creating positive energy with it the more the collective energy of money will change but it starts with us right so it's how we view money and if we have those positive healthy relationships that's only going to amplify more and more and more into the collective so definitely looking at it um you know that we are souls having a human experience we are souls who need money to make the world go round, quite literally um so building a positive relationship with it is really important and just like with a romantic relationship you know you're not just going to expect to have a healthy thriving relationship no it has to be built you have to get to know that person you have to start dating that person you have to you know grow closer to that person so it's exactly the same with money you cannot just walk up to it and be like we have an amazing relationship <laughs> you know you have to get to know money you have to date money you have to go steady with money you have to get into a relationship with money you know all the different steps of you know getting close in a romantic relationship absolutely ap- applies to money as well so dating money and falling in love with money is a really really good practice to do and looking at your relationship with it um, and as Carly said there's loads of tools and practices in the journal that you can do Um, and use to help you know change your relationship with money identify where the blocks are and obviously work through that to create a positive relationship but look at what you're saying about money look at your language with money you know how would you describe if I was to say to you like describe to me your money relationship or how you feel about money what would you tell me maybe write it down and journal upon it after this what would you tell me and that's going to tell yourself and me a lot about your energetics with money and how you're receiving and working with money at the moment. So once you have your current money language as such, you can then on another page, write your desired or your new money language. So what tends to help is looking at the statements you've written already and flipping them. So if you say things like, um, you know, I don't save money easily, you can flip that and say, I save money easily and I always have enough or something like that. So you could turn them into affirmations, but just flip the, the statements into the positives or write, you know, a little story of how you would like your money relationship to be and then burn the old, the the current money language and you know you can just say a mantra I'm sure um you know you have loads of little rituals and spells or or words or rituals Mm -hmm. you can say with this but you know just saying things like you know I now release this old money language it's no longer serving me I clear and transmute it I release it to the universe and then you know I'm calling in this new money language I'm embodying this things like that I'm sure you guys have much more poetic words you could say with that um 
but yes doing something like that's really powerful because then you can commit to that new money language and then take it forward and from that point be like well I'm committing to this this is my money story I've released the old one and just catch yourself if you're saying negative things if you're going to say things like your skin or whatever like watch yourself catch yourself and stop because your words are creating your reality as well but energy is more powerful I believe but the energy you're putting out with those statements is creating your reality quite literally so it's not about bypassing it's not about saying you know I'm a millionaire and inside you're like oh my god I am definitely not it's not about (laughs) bypassing or you know like just faking it till you make it definitely not it's more a case of just being honest but not saying it for effect as such you know if you have to say to somebody um you know I, I can't afford that this time could we do something else instead of saying that why don't you say something like you know this time I'm choosing not to do that but definitely let's do it next time so you can just reframe that where you're being honest to your situation and you're honoring yourself and whatever the person um, or the situation but you're not having to say those words that you kind of were before I love that. And often when you get really serious about one of your like manifestations or, you know, intentions, you always find the universe throws loads of things at you, like people asking you to come out and spend money on certain things. And, you know, I think that's a really good like trick or, you know, way to word it. So as well, you can get out of it, but you're not kind of putting out into the universe words such as, you know, I'm skin, I'm poor, I can't afford to go. Um, Cause I know that's something that came up for me a lot around, you know, wording I was using. Um, yeah, I think that's brilliant. And, and there's so many things I'm going to be writing down after this um, podcast episode, Emma, that I'm going to get to work on. <laughs> There was one thing I really wanted to ask you. Can I ask you what crystals you like to use in your, you know, if you do actually, and what you tend to use when it comes to manifesting or abundance overall? Yeah, so I've put loads of recommendations in the book and journal with loads of research behind them as well. Um, But the ones that I personally like to use in my practice is definitely citrine. Citrine is one of my favorites, which is a gorgeous color crystal. And it's obviously the crystal of abundance and manifestation. So I love working with citrine. It always feels like a really great energy to work with. Green jade, I like working with green jade as well for money and manifestation. Um, Again, a lot of the green crystals are obviously the heart chakra but also relate to money as well tiger's eye is another great one for money and manifestation these are more money focused crystals and wealth crystals um but yeah i think those three are probably my go-tos for for money are there any spiritual practices or rituals you ever perform around money Definitely. Like I do little moon rituals on the new moon each month. So that's when I'll sort of set my money intention for the month and what I'd like to call in financially and obviously like personal goals and work goals. Um, Yeah. Like sometimes I create little crystal grids um, if I'm trying to particularly manifest anything. So I did this when I launched my Positively Wealthy book. I actually set a crystal grid around the book um, to like protect it and obviously, you know, make positive intentions of that it reaches the right people and helps the right people. So like that in itself was definitely kind of like a ritual-esque thing that I've done with crystals. So I wanted to also ask you, because this is something I'm really working on myself and I think it's really powerful. Do you have a favorite affirmation? Do you use affirmations or mantras when it comes to manifesting or money? And are there any that you're happy to share? Yeah, definitely. I love affirmations. I think they're amazing. Um, I'm not loyal to one though. I'm definitely someone who will just like think about them in the morning, make them up and just repeat them for the day. So I do use a lot, but I create my own mostly. And I think it's really good to create your own as well, because that's going to come from that place with where you're at. Because I think the one thing that people... um, get wrong with affirmations is they'll see them online they'll be like oh this is a great money affirmation and they'll repeat it and they'll say it like 50 times a day for like 21 days and then they'll feel no further forward or see any improvements and they come to me and they're like Emma I've repeated this affirmation time blue in the face what is wrong and I'm like okay how does it feel when you're saying it and they're like well 
feels all right. But yeah, like it, it obviously I know isn't the reality and I know isn't true. And I'm like, okay, so there's our issue here. You have to look at your affirmations on a belief scale. So we'll go from like zero to 10. So zero being, I do not believe this 10 being, I fully believe this and embody it. So rate your affirmations on a scale of one to 10. And if your affirmation is a seven or below, um, sorry, a seven or above, fantastic work with that affirmation like you need to have belief for some degree for that affirmation to work but if your affirmation is a six or below simplify it so if you've got like a big fancy you know affirmation simplify it into something that does feel like a seven or above and then work with that affirmation for 21 days or however long and then when that's a 10 or a nine or 10 you can then upgrade the statement to your original one or you know a little bit of a different statement and then you'll probably find that is at that seven point so we have to work up that belief scale we have to work up with affirmations so if you're not believing your affirmations that's why they're not working because we have to have that belief to some degree it has to feel true in order for it to work and for that to manifest so it's hard to pick one that I really really love but I think sometimes again the easier the better so things like you know money flows to me easily and effortlessly I love that one that's one of my favorites um money loves me and I love it that's another one that I love working with um and I think you know it really just depends upon what you're trying to achieve so if you wanting more regular stable income then you can say like you know um money flows to me easily and I always have enough. Um, Or you could say I save money really easily and my savings grow each month. You know, there's so many different variations you can use there, but I think look at what the kind of aim or goal is and then create something around that. Love that. Thank you. I wanted to ask you, are there perhaps any maybe deities, angels, spiritual beings that you work with around abundance or money? Yeah, definitely. So I work with the archangels the most. Um, So you're probably going to be the expert on deities, Carly, or who they could work (laughs) with for this. Um, But yeah, like I love working with Archangel Raziel because he's the magician as such, the manifestation magician. So he's great to work with for all things manifestation. But again, you can call upon him for money and manifestation. Archangel Ariel is obviously the archangel of nature, but it also translates into abundance. So she's a great one to work with for like feeling fulfilled, manifestations, abundance. And Archangel Sashiel is also a great one to work with. He's like the wealth and money kind of um, archangel. So I think those three together are great for slightly different purposes, but also together, they're really good. Love this. Thank you. And so Emma, I wanted to ask you, like what exciting intentions or projects are you happy to maybe reveal to us for your 2022? course well as you quoted earlier you know that things are already shared in a (laughs) sacred container so the things that I can say too much (laughs) the things that I can say (laughs) yeah um is obviously my third book is coming out in November next year November 2022 which is really really exciting this has been like an 18 month project so I am really excited to finish it. I haven't finished it just yet. So hopefully this week I will. So I'm really excited for that to come out. And it's it's different to what my first two books were, obviously Law of Attraction themed. And obviously it's what I teach and love, um, but it's really, really deep. And it's going to go into a whole new aspect of Law of Attraction um, and how to get real, real results with it. So I'm not sharing the themes yet, but you can have a look <laughs> on my Instagram come February. I will reveal all then, I promise. Um, but yeah, in terms of like other projects, obviously I've got my manifesting challenge that starts from the fifth sorry the first to the fifth of January um that's just a free five-day challenge you can come and join me with and we like we had over a thousand people last year it was amazing um it's just a really fun way to start the new year and I give you lots of tools tips meditations that we do live each day um just to set you up for manifesting success so obviously if you want to come along to that you're more than welcome to um but in terms of what I'm up to in 2022 um god it's really difficult because we just don't know where the world's going to be at this point i'd love to travel i would love to travel this year um and i think it's going to be obviously book focused leading up to the book's launch in november and just yeah some exciting new courses coming and it shifts oh and i've got some new merchandise coming next autumn as well which i'm really excited about so um i think it's going to be that's going to keep me busy (laughs) 
I love this. It sounds very epic. And uh, yeah, I've got really good feelings for 2022. I know things are a little bit uncertain, but definitely feeling like a bit of a shift for next year. Um, Emma, honestly, there are so many golden nuggets of information that you've shared. So much that I'm going to go away and uh, start writing on. So thank you. It's been truly inspirational. I really want to say like people need to find you on YouTube and your podcast because I've learned so much through that. I've got, you know, I'll put the um, links in the show notes for your books, YouTube, podcast, all of it. You can find Emma again over at I am Emma Mumford on Instagram, www.emmamumford.co.uk. Thank you so much, Emma. Oh, thank you so much, Carly. It's <laughs> honestly been so much fun. I love doing this with you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. So I must say I have some strong experience working on my own money manifesting. So I thought I would leave you with a few ideas and a spell relating to money that you might wish to try. It's said that for money spells, it's best to work with the color green predominantly, for example, for candles and so on. However, you can also use gold too. The primary number would be two because it encapsulates the concept of doubling. It's worth working with the planet's Jupiter because it's the planet of good fortune. Also the moon because it's the planet of magic and fulfilled wishes. You might want to work with Mercury because the Roman god whose name it bears is involved with prosperity and finance. In regards to spell days, I like to cast spells for money and prosperity on a Thursday. Thursday is a good day to work on spell work that brings abundance to you and embraces prosperity. Basil is the botanical particularly associated with prosperity and increase. So here is a simple money spell. Although simple, I use this within much of my work. So you could take a green candle and simply carve your name into the candle also perhaps your date of birth or anything that can identify you. You may wish to use two green candles in line with the primary number two. I like to carve money signs or sigils into the candles and also words. So you might wish to carve words such as prosperity, wealth, abundance into your candle. I'm sorry if you hear any troll noises in the background. That is my dog but he does sound like he should be under a bridge. Anyway, anoint your candle by using oil that maybe aligns with your intention. So I cheat a little bit. I do work doing like spell work as part of my day job when it comes to like sessions I do with people. So I often buy oils for abundance. I specifically purchase these, but I use them all the time and I don't have enough time to make all the different oils up that I use. However, you could simply take some almond oil, sunflower oil or coconut oil. It doesn't have to be specific or like a bought one. When it comes to anointing candles, I anoint my candle in an upward fashion. So bringing the oil up along the candle towards the wick when it comes to manifesting and calling things in. I anoint candles downwards to banish and bind. This differs in like other witchcraft books that I've read. Some say that you need to start at the top, stop in the middle, start at the bottom and meet in the middle. Say if you're doing like a kind of manifesting spell, but that's the way I was taught to do it and it works for me. So everybody's got their different ways and, you know, there are different accounts. So do with it as you will. So then take like any herbs that you have with properties relating to prosperity. These might be ones that you personally feel like you've assigned that property to because you think of it and it think, you know, makes you think of what you're looking for. I kind of use herbs that are related to like prosperity, growth, money and abundance. So you might want to use like bayberry, basil, bergamot, cinnamon, mint, patchouli. You might wish to add some ginger to speed your results up. Mix all your herbs together and then just roll your candle into the herbs. 
I like to call in any of my spiritual court before I get going with my work. So like my ancestors, deities, spirit guide, angels, and I kind of ask if they'll watch over and help me with the intentions that I'm setting out. For this spell, you might wish to add coins maybe around the base of your candle before you burn it just as a symbolic gesture. So one of my favorite spell incantations for money is the following, and I like to chant it in a bid to raise the energy, but I do find that any made-up spells are particularly powerful, so if you feel comfortable doing it, you might want to create your own. So this one is money grow, money flow, candle burn, watch me earn, money grow, money flow, flame shine, what I want is mine. Or another, one of my favorite money incantations is money flow, money grow, money shine, money mine. I'll put those in the show notes. But leave your candles to burn safely in full and watch the money roll in. I hope this helps. If you are working on your money manifesting or manifesting in general, you might want to join me and the rest of the White Witch Coven this January over on Patreon. I am switching things up a bit within Patreon. There are a lot of us in there now within the Coven, and I thought it would be good to each month focus on a specific area of the craft. So January will be all about manifesting in a witchy way. So intentions and looking at spells and the like relating to manifesting. There is also an intentions workbook you can work through in full to figure out that what you want to bring into your life going forward. And of course, myself and the Coven can support one another with their intentions going forward. It's just £6 a month to join the Patreon. And along with the month's theme, you do get grimoire pages, a witchy community, a Patreon podcast episode each month, tons of extra witchy content. We have like our full moon coven chats. There's always lots and lots going on within there. So I'll put the link in the show notes for you to have a look at Patreon. If you like my content, you might wish to read my book, my first book that came out this year, The White Witch's Book of Healing, which is all about shadow work, The Dark Knight of the Soul, How to Heal Heartbreak, The Witch's Pyramid, so the original form of manifesting, Ancestral Magic and Hedge Witchery. If you have read my book, I would be so grateful if you could give me a review on Amazon as it means other witches can know if you think it's any good and of course find the book. I will add all my socials to the show notes if you want to find me on Facebook or Instagram. Aside from that, I sincerely hope that 2022 brings you everything that you are looking for, everything that you want. Have a great week, witches. Catch up with you soon. Lots and lots of witchy love. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.